are back. Another episode of Built by Bailey's podcast. Welcome back. Uh, we are about to get started with our next guest. But before we do so, as always, we're going to say thank you so much to our sponsors, Confluence SBC. Tom Hardy's business is co-working space up in Boulder County. He's in Lafayette, Colorado. He's got a fantastic building. Um, as we move through forward in this pandemic. Um, he's got all kinds of different options for people that are still working from home. Kids are still on online school for some and some facets. Um, he's got availability for all kinds of things that will work for you and your family. And if you're looking for something like that, or if you're looking for office space, he has leases um, for full terms as well. ConfluenceSPC.com is the place to go look in Boulder County. Also want to say thank you to Brian Scott with 6ix9ine Design, graphic artist extraordinaire. The guy is amazing. You guys see the logos um, every time we do one of these. You see the hats. Everything's um, running through Brian. He's a very, very talented guy. He's done all kinds of things from small to large, waste management, Copper Mountain, all the good stuff. Um, and Brian is a cool, cool guy. So shout out Brian Scott, 69design.com. Go look him up for gra graphic artistry. That is not a word. I just made that up. Um, is now. That, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Document that. We're, uh, we're in there. With that being said, our next guest is realtor extraordinaire. And now, as I hear it, life coach, if I'm correct, Libby Boyd. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I don't like the doing? term life coach. I should just say executive coach. Sounds so yeah, much yeah, like, I, was Ooh, I don't know, yes, right? Yeah. You're coach. the executive to executive coaching. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk. Well, so I, I don't, I've heard of that life coach term before. Um, I know that for, and maybe you can explain why if for some reason, some of the realtors are jumping kind of into that boat as well, but let's, maybe we'll just start off with talking about how you got into real estate, what you've been sure. doing, and then we'll kind of dive into executive coaching. Is that better? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I can. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's all connected, right? So in terms of real estate, I think we both have an Indiana connection and my Husband's family has been in real estate for five generations back in Indiana. My husband's granddad was the mayor and we are sitting here in Lafayette, Colorado, Erie, Colorado saying, man, we could never make it. This Boulder County thing is, is pricey, right? Same. And my husband was doing IT and we just were thinking, you know, I should really go into real estate, move back to Indiana. And at the time, my husband kind of became partner and his granddad, who, of course, is also in real estate in Indiana, said, well, why don't you get a year of an experience on your own before you go and work with your father-in-law? So I said, well, might as well stay here. And in that year, a lot of things changed and we just felt like, okay, maybe we can make it. And of course, now we're like, phew, I'm so happy to be in Colorado as opposed to Indiana. Um, his sister took over his dad's business back in Indiana. Oh. So kind of a random <laughs> direction after getting my master's degree and working for web development companies. Um, it's been Ooh, 12 years did, now. Yeah, you did web design? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. So I worked at a company that got bought out by a Crispin, uh, Crispin uh, Porter, uh, Burgowski. Oh. Okay. And so I did like the Denver Art Museum website when they went through the Daniel Levaskin big expansion. When Izzy got bought by Pepsi, I did that website. So oh. I have a whole, I mean, 
we all have, at, I think, at five careers is average at this point. So oh, yeah, we're getting. Hey, there. we know that. Yeah, <laughs> we know that, man. Exactly. I'm on what career like number eight. Up? Yeah, <laughs> the guy looking for a job. That's what I'm going to be when I grow up. <laughs> I'm still doing that. You know, my... <laughs> looking for a purpose. <laughs> so you're doing real estate now in Colorado. Yes. Yeah, and are you and you doing it with your husband? I mean, no, he, no, no, wait, he, he broke the chain. So uh, funny. I went and got my license. He took a really cheap, you know, you have to have like your GRE and pass your test, you know, for, oh, you have yes. to have your education yes. and you also have to pass the two uh, national and state tests. So he went and sat for the national and state, but he never could pass oh, his no. actual education. And I said, That's hey, okay, I'm not going to pay you. In his defense, Colorado is one of the hardest tests to pass in the country, as, as I've he been told. It's literally because of his family that he breezed through the test. However, because he never could finish his coursework, he, oh. he wasn't able to get his license. Mm. And I told him that I wasn't going to pay him a referral fee. Anyway. He's the shame. <laughs> He's the shame of the family. He is. His That's... heart surgeon brother at Stanford University also is a realtor. And so he can get for he is he is a black sheep but he brought sheep. me in so but we love him great guy great dude yeah yeah he's like really you're five minutes into the podcast libby thanks and you had to bring <laughs> up that my failures <laughs> of my life <laughs> and it's now going to be broadcast yeah. uh, that's funny yeah but it, just uh, so we can it's just so we can fit what does he do now what does he do? He owns a small business IT company. Okay. And um, so he's made it. He's yeah. made it. So he owns a company called Technology Helpers. Okay. And, you know, the term outsource isn't great, but we like to. So he does IT for, uh, I don't want to name drop the companies, but a lot of law firms and some big breweries around. And it's great. You hit, you nice. know, three, two, one extension and you get his company where that he has um, himself and four employees. So nice. if you need a lot of manpower, you got it. But That's if nice. you don't have a lot of problems, so he's built a really beautiful, amazing company and uh, really awesome team. So he, okay. he's doing all right. He's doing, he's all doing right. good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We tease him. That's fun. Now, are you doing just residential? You do commercial? I just do residential. Just do we residential. Actually, bought commercial space for my husband's business and man i do not want to be in that business yeah. that's a breed yeah it's a different monster yeah, yeah shane yeah, can talk about that yeah it's how long did you do shane how long did you do it uh well my father was a, a real estate developer for 45 plus years so yeah. i grew up in that commercial world from all the way from picking up trash in the parking lot when i was 12 you know every weekend mm -hmm. to moving all the way up. And I, when I got, I obviously I got into real estate. I, um, when I graduated college, I had a minor in real estate and business management degree and decided, well, I should go work for the guy that's been the most successful that I've seen my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so smart. Um, I worked for him. I, you know, you have to have a, a two year with a, you know, mentorship program basically where you have to be under an employing broker for two years with your license before you can decide to go off mm -hmm. on your own. And I barely made it that two years working for him. Yeah. Great guy. So, did Super that. your dad? Your dad's yeah. a great guy? Yeah. Well, let's be recorded. Yeah. What do you think about this, this advice from the granddad to go work on your own or somebody else for a year or something before you start working with family? Family is tough. Evan and I know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
my my dad and I had a really we'll just say rocky relationship when I was young and it wasn't a hundred percent on one side or the other there's are two alpha male uh personalities pushing against each other one thinks he knows everything at 22 years old one does know thinks he knows everything at 65 (laughs) years old (laughs) (laughs) he obviously knew way more than i did but um yeah so i and i and actually i i you know when i quit working for my dad i thought i was you know i had it figured out i'm gonna do it better two years was up started my own company made it four or five years Mm-hmm. two different brokerages, had a bunch of brokers, didn't have any, kind of went all over the place, property management decided, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. It is a, it's such a different world. It really yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I should have been doing was residential real estate, you know, with, with yeah. kind of my background, my dad has never seen construction. He doesn't know the difference between a sawzall and a nail gun, mm-hmm. but he understands how things work and how things get put mm-hmm. together did a lot of development and, and the, you know, I, I could have gotten into residential real estate and gotten to where I was now a lot faster. I didn't, I was very stubborn. Um, and then thank God Evan, Evan bailed me out and he called me and said, Hey man, you want to, you want to, let's actually do it. Yeah. Let's do it. And let's, actually let's do it. You know, let's go, gotta... let's go shake a stick at it and see if there's <laughs> something still alive there. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question though, Libby. I, you know, we're lucky that Shane and I, both of our fathers, brothers, um, in case you're not sure how uncles work. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I've had to clarify <laughs> that they're you. brothers. Okay, so they're brothers. So they're brothers. So, they're, that's uncle. so that means oh, they're, bro- oh, you guys are cousins. <laughs> you guys are cousins. Um, uh, you know, both of our fathers are, were very, uh, successful in their own right went different paths one kind of went this entrepreneurial work their you know work uh work for themselves you know my dad climbed the corporate ladder successfully uh retired um but they're both as much as they would want to not admit it they're like the same person same person right just different like same candy different wrapper right they're like i'm a blue wrapper i'm a green wrapper but the candy is the same um yeah, and I think uh, I think working for somebody else, and I think a lot of people, you brought it up, fifth generation realtor. Yep. You know, I think it's in, in my opinion, I think it's super important that somebody, you know, use the benefit of a family context with the family experience. I mean, that is a what a great head start. Uh, but I think for just evolving purposes, you know, getting uncomfortable. Uh, is probably the best advice you could give someone young like dude just it's easy to stay in that lane and have a parent or your uncle or whatever just tell you what to do and you can just like take the playbook but if you want to evolve and innovate the business you know for the future of the you know even if it's a family business you know step out and go get uncomfortable bring in new ideas try to do different things listen to somebody else um, but then take these things that you've heard and weigh them up against this credible resources that you have you know, hey, this is what they're doing. That's not what we do, son. Well, I know that's not what we do, but what is your opinion about what they're doing and how can we maybe take what we do as a family and look at this? So I think it's really important, even if you have that. That's kind of like, hey, man, before you go to college, go travel for a year. 
just go like fuck it up for a little bit, you know, Um, and then come back. College is going to be there for you if you're lucky enough to get to go. So I think it's did you do that? Did you lean on your husband? Not lean on. That's a terrible word. Did you (laughs) how much of a resource did you use his side of the family in five generations for your real estate? Huge, huge. So um, my father-in-law passed away two years ago, uh, the same day that Leanne passed away, my former managing broker a year ago. So (laughs) it's been really hard because those are my two, like absolutely, uh, I just ride or die, so I'll call my (laughs) my father-in-law, but he was so good and so sharp and just nailed in. The good thing and the bad thing about real estate is that you'll never get bored. Cause it's never like, Oh, just take out the playbook. Like I know exactly how this deal is going to go. Every deal I've done over my 12 years, it's just like, Whoa, okay. Well, that's a new one. And so it didn't matter that it was a different market. It didn't matter. He knew people and he was really smart about real estate. And so maybe our contracts looked a little different or maybe we'd word it, but I would call him up for every single issue I had and he could just jump in and just nail it every single time. So yeah. it really brought us really close. I mean, I would never be in this career if it wasn't for him. And um, yeah, it's a huge, huge, huge loss. How long have um, you been doing this now? 12 years. 12 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, how I, how I got, did the whole, go ahead. I was working at a company and I got my license. So I was planning on um, finishing my, uh, I finally, you know, I finished all my coursework and I found a company to sign up with. And the plan was on Monday morning to quit my job, which is really exciting, go full-time real estate. My husband happened to propose that weekend. So I showed up oh, and I'm like, wow. I'm engaged. I quit. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I was always planning on going full-time, but it seemed like an opportunity. Yeah. I'm like, got a ring on it. And the arrows <laughs> are pointing your direction. Yeah, exactly. So yep. 12 years ago. Okay. What are you drinking, by the way? What is that? Oh my gosh, it's just my tea. But my mom made me this thing. I know you oh, guys can't water. see it if you're listening yeah. to us. So it's like a tea I, I drink a, a vat of tea every oh, morning. Wow. And it's really hot, right? Because it's boiling water. And so my mom made this little koozie, oh, which we have lots God. of entrepreneurs. <laughs> and so she just crocheted this. And it's also a coaster, right? So I can put it down. Oh my God, that's and hilarious. And I... So for people who aren't watching this on YouTube right now, um, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a homemade knitted stocking cap for a giant jug. That looks exactly. a little Fair bit, enough. A little exactly bit like right. urine. It looks yeah. like urine to me on here, but yeah, it must taste it's better like than that. A mint, a mint. Oh tea. yeah. Okay. Like <laughs> I'm having urine. coconut and coffee. And it's not an morning. IPA. <laughs> It's not an IPA. Uh, listen, <laughs> this is judge like free. We're Libby, judge this free. is judge free here. I want to get you want to get tanked on a Sunday morning. Go for it. it. <laughs> I am missing my drinking, swearing yoga right now for you guys. So uh, <laughs> drinking my, my vat of tea instead. But oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, what is this whole life coaching, and how is, is explain that? Give us the real term so, first and then talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, it yeah. is the real term. It is the real okay. term. I don't know why I um, resist that term. It just feels like woo-woo, but I love woo-woo stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so I went through a training program. So I've been doing this for, let's say, nine years. And I went through a training program. And I would say for the first nine years of selling real estate, I was a waitress. Okay. And 
you know, it's one of those where somebody calls and be like, Hey, you want to buy a house? I'm like, great. What can I get you? You know, kind of thing. And it really helped shift my business to run my business like a business. The work doesn't start when that person calls you up. It's getting everything set up so that you're an expert. So they call you. right? Right. So that really shifted my business. I signed up with a business coach and I guess I call her a business coach because she's really working on real estate and I really wanted to help other people. And the only way there's not really a real estate coaching training. So I went and got, it's called flow coaching Institute. It was a fine program. And I did that, uh, end of 2019. So I'd have some accreditation, um, Uh to how to actually coach. And then since then, every time I coach my teammates, yes, it's about real estate, but what always happens, just like this podcast, we will get off topic and we will start talking about, <laughs> I'm not sleeping. Well, how can you sell real estate if you're not sleeping? Oh yeah. Um, well, I, I really need to get my exercise in, you know, COVID's not been good for my diet or my exercise or it's, been, you know, and so buy a it's expanded, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, trying to get sponsors, shut up. <laughs> So I took some additional training. Yes, because it's all holistic, right? It's about sleep. It's about stress management. It's about, I mean, going back to trying to improve your immune system, sleep, stress management, nutrition, exercise. So I got another certificate that's um, lifestyle medicine coaching because I want to have some additional skills so that, yes, I get the real estate stuff. I'm doing this for 12 years. I can really coach people when they're working with these deals or how to build their business and how to build their database, how to connect with people, et cetera. But it always bleeds into other areas of their lives. So you can't excel in real estate if another part of your life is falling apart. And now I'm doing another training that's coach, uh, that's change coaching because nobody comes to me. It's like, everything's perfect, Libby. I don't <laughs> want to change anything. Let Teach me how to just stay consistent, right? So. It's all about change. It's whatever they're like, I'm here and I want to be here. I want to sell more. I want to make more money. I want to get more listings. I want to get more referrals, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. What do you want to change? And that's what I'm getting some additional training on now. So cool. That- cool. So how much is the coaching for realtors to be able to create a healthy environment, right? And yeah. build a career versus how much of this life coaching is tied to your clients and better assisting them through the process and finding a home. You see what I'm saying? Like the two sides of the coins. Like, oh, what, okay. Do you, do you ever tie the life coaching into your clients? Um, I don't. And there is actually a real estate coaching, um, I'm sorry, real estate counseling certificate where, you know, this is a big deal. And I, my parents have gone through this over the last three years, selling our family home, figure out where they want to be. They're still on the journey. And so I've got to do a lot of practice with them, but no, I don't do any sort of coaching like that. However, I would absolutely argue this is a very personal and very expensive process that our clients go through. And if you start and you show up and you say, what do you want? And you don't really listen and use those same skills and ask good questions, you're going to miss it. You're not going to be successful. So I guess now that you say that, like, actually, I probably am. Uh, using some of those skills, but the only people I'm currently coaching are real estate professionals. Yeah. And yes, it's about real estate, but it bleeds in other areas, but that's my jam. That's what I know. And that's what I feel really confident in. So I only work with realtors, but the topic doesn't have to be real estate. Yeah. How long have you been doing the life coaching? 
a little over a year. Okay. So I got my certificate. And then um, again, I met, mentioned and, and, you know, it's a big loss for our community. My managing broker, amazing, amazing woman who introduced me to so many fabulous things. When she left, I thought that was a, the right time when we, we lost her. She passed away. And I know that she was a good um, contact of uh, Shane as well. Mm-hmm. I went seeking and I found an amazing company. I don't know if, can I? Yeah. I work for First Summit Absolutely. Realty. And it's somebody who I used to uh, play softball with 15 years ago. Oh, nice. And I just went, I'm like, listen, I want to sell real estate, but I think I want to coach and train. <laughs> and will you let me do that? And so they said, sure, we'll figure out a bonus if after a year we're doing better. And I'm like, perfect. I don't know if I'm any good at this. <laughs> and so it was just been a beautiful connection. Uh, I do weekly, tra- uh, every other week I do a group training. So there's some topic, I do a presentation and I do it for the whole group. And then the off weeks, I do one-on-one coaching for all my- So they'd uh, let you do students. that with with your managing broker. So you're doing it with the other realtors that are also yes. in your brokerage firm? Yes. When my managing broker heard what I do and he's like, well, I could use you for my business. I'm like, I got you. That's that very is, cool. That's, yeah. It's yeah. totally cool. They're very a great cool. company and- yeah. I've really been able to write the script, you know, use the magic wand and figure out what I want this to look like. And I really enjoy it. I think I've been bringing a lot of value and I don't know where it's going to go now, but yeah. Yeah, I think people like the whole life coaching, like there's this trepidation to say life coach. I have a friend who's also a life coach, but just more generally speaking, she's one of maybe the most positive person you will ever meet and she's a colleague of mine with my day-to-day job her name is don webb and you know even when she's mad she's like it's okay my friend you know you're like it's okay to be pissed like she just can't do it it's almost impossible or if she does she has this moment where like very quickly she's uh she's like i'm just so upset evan but it's okay there's so much to be positive about he's like dude that lasted like 10 seconds you know um and she can't help it it's just totally natural to her but anyways um I think there's the coach, uh, when you think of like a life coach, this is just my opinion, by the way. And I think, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if this is why you sometimes might feel like you're struggling to like grab onto the title because it's kind of an ego check to the person considering it. It's kind of like, first of all, it's my life. And am I really fucking it up that bad that I need a coach? You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't need a coach. It's like, Hey man, this is how I know you might benefit from it because you're denying something that you think you want because of an internal feeling of ego, mm-hmm. right? And that's sure. probably one of the first things we should address that you don't want to have a coach, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, that you imply I, that you may know everything already. You've totally nailed it in terms of like, like you throw everything underneath there because it, again, it bleeds into all these other areas. And so what's the umbrella we can put it up? Life. It's just right. life, right. but I think it's one step below the, the, uh, the idea of having a therapist, a therapist. Right. And again, a therapist is different in terms of that different training, a lot more training, but the therapist goes back and looks at a lot of your past right. and life coaching. 
we don't really care. We sometimes say, when was a time in your life that you felt really successful? When was a time in your life you were, so we might use those examples, but your past is in the past. Where are you today? Where do you want to get? And how do we get you there? And right. the answers are all inside you. I don't do anything special. I just try to frame the conversation so that you end up where you want to end up. People right. say accountability and I'm like, I'm a really expensive accountability person. <laughs> Ask yeah. your mom to do that. Yeah. She's bored yeah. during she can call you every day like honey did you do your push-ups this morning whatever you need but that's accountability is kind of like man you can find a lot of people that be like did you do it cool Bye. yeah it's um, almost like having that friend it's like if if you have a friend that you call because you're you know you're feeling a certain way or you want to bounce ideas off it's no different except this friend actually organizes shit for you yeah. <laughs> you know it's like yeah. hey man uh, I just, you know, uh, mom, I'm just, I'm just so stressed out right now. I'm having trouble getting stuff on track. What do you want me to put your father on? Actually, I'm going to call Libby. <laughs> uh, right. now that I think about it, because right. she's actually going to get me on some sort of identifiable path that we can evaluate whether or not I'm actually moving forward. But yeah, throw Absolutely. dad on. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think you totally nailed it. So when I say life executive coaching sounds good because we all have career, I mean, and I, I'm going to go on this digress. If you don't mind for a second, when I say career, because in one of my trainings, they were talking about a job versus a career versus mm -hmm. a calling. And I really resonate. I was like calling. Okay. Some jobs are callings like that's cool, but you know, a job is, is great. You show up, you get paid, you go home. You usually don't take it home with you. It's something right. you do for a task you do for the money. And that's fine. We always say, uh, you know, I think of this as a career, you know, which is like this next level, which it is. There's advancement, there's promotions, additional payment, additional rec recognition on a career. But then there's this third tier that I didn't really think about. And it was a calling. And the example they give was a plumber. And as somebody who works inside of homes, especially right now when we're all really at home, a calling feels a little lofty for a plumber. Although I'm like, kids become plumbers or electricians, man, because we need them. But yeah. again, um, a calling. So this plumber shows up, the person's out of hot water and the plumber shows up and addresses the problem and, and gets the hot water working. So that person, at least their day is completely reversed. They were on a bad path because they could not start the routine. They couldn't get their shower and they couldn't go to work because they hadn't had a shower. They, their kids were, you know, mess, whatever. And to really look at how that person impacted somebody else's life in that moment. And that's just one of the jobs that he did that day, right? He showed up and he did this, but to really take pride in how you affect other people, that's when it changes from a career to a calling. And I thought that was a pretty good example because a lot of us can see that in our careers when we really look. And the people, I got a six paragraph testimonial the other day from someone, someone I worked with for about five years off and on. And, and I love what I do when I'm able to just be like, what do you need? What are your problems? What are your, what's your pain and pleasure? How can I get you there? They sold their house they were in for 23 years. They bought a brand new construction on a golf course. That was a ranch they could really uh, grow into. Um, so it was, 
you know, you, you have those moments, of course, there's other days you're like, this is not a calling, this is a job and I hate it. But uh, when those. you can really look at the impact you have on people's lives and the, the coaching, I can see it. I can see when they get on and they're just struggling. I'm like, here's what I hear you saying. And here's where I see you going. And what have you thought about this? And they're like, oh, and now they have a path. Like, I, so both, both sides of my profession are really rewarding. And I thought that was a good, good way to look at our yeah, totally. I say to yeah. people that, you know, I, I do some mentorship inside the company that I work for sometimes officially and unofficially. And I try to first explain to people, um, especially with the industry that I'm in, um, nine to five, right? It's incredibly demanding. It's very easy to never turn it off, right? Um, but I always try to start with people, you know, the whole like live, work, uh, balance, you know, and to say, listen, this is what you do to pay for a life outside you know or this this is how this is uh this is the time you spend making the money to go spend it on what you do outside of this job right mm -hmm. and so that's to me what makes it a job and a career like and it's my way of saying like don't don't make this you specifically mm -hmm. this is what you're doing to pay for the life outside of this right so to me, that would be like your definition of like a job and maybe even a career. I guess the calling part is when all of a sudden that transcends to what you're doing to make the money for what you're passionate outside of work. If that starts to blend, then maybe that becomes starts to become more of a calling, you know, because um, it's easy for me and I love my company that I work for and um, I'm super appreciative of, of them. Um, and I would tell this to them to their face, by the way, as a matter of fact, I've said it multiple times to them, like Evan, you know, do you want to advance in the company? And sometimes I have a little hesitation saying that because I don't necessarily know what this is. And I say, listen, the whole like shoot for the moon and then you end for the stars, you know, like, or maybe, and if you miss you're at least in the stars, whatever that one is, right. It's kind of like my moon might be different than a director of sales, right? Like, you know, my calling is my driving factor, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that is. But I don't necessarily know if I want to invest five years to get to this regional position and then spend another 10 years to get to a director position and, and work that for three years to then retire. Because then I look back and I say, well, what did I do with my career, right? But really, now that, by the way, you're laying it out, it's kind of like, what did I do with my calling? You know, um, that was 15 years I invested. I don't know how many things I've affected or changed or left behind me. Um, th but that trajectory that I laid out would be good in the fact that if I viewed it as this is just what I do to make money to go live my life out, you know, outside of it. Um, I just, for me personally, uh, the amount of hours I spend working um, at some point, I'm 42, at some point, I want that to be a part of my calling because it's too much time for me. Like if I work even nine to five and I don't just work nine to five, here I am on a Sunday morning with you guys. Now this is, doesn't feel like work to me though, you know? Um, so it's why, fine. Why but not? I, this, uh, yes. well, one, okay, I get to do it with all. Shane, who's my family, brother in arms, friend, um, 
And because this is really some of the stuff I love to do. I love to have conversations. Mm-hmm. I want to pick things apart. I want to talk about mm-hmm. stuff. I want to have a broader understanding of the world. I want to sound credible when I'm speaking to somebody mm-hmm. else where I can say, you know, I listened to somebody named Libby the other day and she mm-hmm. said something and someone says, oh, Evan, you're so wise. And it's like, it's not that I'm wise. <laughs> I'm just open to listening and trying to figure out what's going mm-hmm. on around me. And so that stuff uh, is fun for me. Uh, so it doesn't feel like work. Work is like a factory line, punch in, punch the card, put the widget in the box times 10 every hour. How are you doing on your quota, Evan? Like that's work. This to me is just Okay, I'm just going to stop you because what I just heard you say, one, I don't think that's what your nine, quote unquote, nine to five is like. Two, you just said, I mentor people both on the clock, off the clock, right? Mm -hmm. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay no let's do this let's do this Libby okay let's do this (laughs) we got a case study going on here um one I'm I I will I'm comfortable saying this I'm good at my job I'm really good at my job Um, I'm referred to as extremely underemployed with my company Uh um to where sometimes they say by choice uh yeah technically by choice yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people reach out to me for help, it's people that are in the same position. So they will call and they say, Evan, is it okay? Like you said this on this call uh, and you put it in a context and the way you approach it. Can you explain that to me? Sure. Give me a call. Um, so that's kind of the unofficial part. And then sometimes my company says, hey, we actually have somebody who's under uh, underperforming. And we want you to work with them through this corporate actual process for 90 days and go through this whole plan. Yeah. A PIP. There you go. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So I help with the PIPs. Um, uh, but I also like helping because I found a way for this job. Um, this is a better way to say this. I'm wired for efficiency, right? <laughs> so someone just say, Evan, put that in the box. I need, I need, I need that widget in that box. 10 times every 10 minutes. So I need 60 of them an hour times nine hours. That's your quota, right? So I'll start doing it, but immediately I can't help it. Where I'm like, what if we just did this? What, what, can, hey, get Tom over here whose only job is to tape the boxes and see if Tom will pre-tape the boxes for me prior to me putting the widget in and I'll just close the box for Tom. You know, I can't help it. Right. So I end up going through and I've been back with this company for five years now and I end up doing that. So, uh, uh, so for, I'll give you a very quick example. You know, we have um, our one of our SVPs for sales says, you know, we want more applications this weekend. So let's go get it. And I'm like, wait a second. Do we just we just want more. Of course, we want more. How are we going to get more just by asking more often? To just you want us just to ask? Well, we ask every day for more business, you know. So, what would be different from what's going on for five years? Do we ask harder? Do we ask louder? Like, what's the plan to get more business? Well, it's mm-hmm. like Evan, Jesus, just go do your job. It's like, no, I'm. I ask every day for more business. So why don't we figure out a way to get more business, and then let's go ask for that, right? Let's figure out something. So inevitably, I'll do this on my own for five years. And then somebody will say, God, what is he doing? Why does it work easier for him? And I'm usually very much like, get on over here. I'll tell you. Like, come try it with me for a minute, you know? So 
So that's how I officially and unofficially mentor. My company recognizes, hey, Evan, actually go work with these people that we're going to put on a PIP or new hires and stuff like that. Um, or they'll ask me to participate in new training stuff. Uh, or they say, hey, we want to put together a new training program. Uh, what's your opinion? What should we be working on, Evan? And then get with our trainer and then come up with new material or new context or new narrative. So officially and unofficially, but uh, it's ultimately what I enjoy doing. It's probably what's kept me in this position uh, this long uh, is just that I get to kind of reevaluate it every day. Is that? I'm, I am totally making notes. I can see you writing down. I'm like, oh God. Right. Maybe also right. clocked in. She's like, and we're starting the billing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can get to that, like clocking in kind of mentality. All right. So your job is to put things in a box and you're like, I could just show up and do the job. Yeah. They want applications and funding. We want to get applications for loans. We want to fund them. Yep. Put them in the box, go home, whatever. So then I also heard you say in terms of, so that's the job bucket doesn't work for you. It can't just, just show up and do the job. Right. And then there's this career. So there's this whole career path. They're like, why don't you take this promotion? Why don't you do more? You can get more money. You can get more prestige. You can get higher Mm -hmm. titles. So when you say you're underemployed, that's because it's by your choice. And so in terms of being a sales director, retiring in seven years, you know, corporate jet, whatever, like Mm -hmm. that's a Mm -hmm. great career, but you have consciously or unconsciously decided that's not the route you want to take. So these are some of the words you said. She already nailed you. She's just, dude, I feel like my whole soul is open right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, I'm not doing anything. No, this is great. These are the words you use. If you talk about (laughs) calling being a higher purpose, you Uh talked about training. Why does it look so easy when Evan does it? Let me show you (laughs) that you love helping people. I'll be like, boom, totally. Mm -hmm. That's, I don't know. No. I just. It's it. No, no, no. It's a. It is. And I literally had my um, my direct supervisor uh, on, let's see, it was a couple of days ago. We had a regional position, two of them open. And inevitably, as soon as it becomes corporate, it's sent out corporate. I get all these instant messages from colleagues and people like, you're doing this, correct? And I'm just like, yeah, I don't think so. You know, and there's like, are you crazy? You know, it's like, no, I don't think so. Right. Um, I just don't think that's my you know, my path, I, I think I can foresee, because uh, I know myself, right? You're right, I am technically underemployed by choice. I'm a little bit beholden, but in my mind, uh, and I think I'm actually at this point now, uh, and this was the conversation I had with my direct supervisor, who was like, what are you doing? Like, what, it's, you know, what, 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 why are you just here, you know? And I had a, uh, another company, uh, a competitor come chasing after me, just throwing money at me. Um, to trying to get me to come over there, another top five lender in the country. And, and it was really flattering and all. And I was like, listen, I'm already in this position. And so I approached this inquiry on their part um, really honestly with them, right? And the short of the story is <laughs> I'm on this phone with the president of this bank and their SVP. And they're just like, listen, you're the only employee, you're the only person we're targeting right now. It's your job if you want it, right? Uh, you come so highly recommended, all this stuff. And it was really flattering, right? But it was still in the same position that I'm in now, same, you know, title, whatever you want. Uh, come, come run Colorado for us, right? And 
I was like, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Uh, I'm not going to try to get the job. Let's just have a conversation and we'll see where it goes. <laughs> Inevitably, I do. Uh, and, I'm, and I've done interviewing. So I went to school for communications and all this. I actually took a whole semester class on interviewing and all this kind of interviewee, interviewer, right? Uh, and so there's this thing called a trial close where you can reclaim the interview. So as you're coming up on your time, um, you say, hey, we're starting to run into the clock here a little bit. Um, we've had enough time to discuss. I feel like you guys, you know, ask some good questions. At this point, what is your concern about moving forward with me? And what it does is it brings all of the objections to the table, right? It really, so it gives you an opportunity to handle the objection, right? Um, and the first guy says, God, Evan, I don't have any objections. I mean, you're, you're such an industry expert. You come so highly recommended. I mean, Tom, I feel good about this. What about you? You know, and here's the president and the president's objection goes, it was, this is what it was. He goes, uh, dude, what are you doing? And I was <laughs> like, I'm sorry. And he's like, you're not really a fucking regional or a rep, are you? And so, no, that's totally what I am. And he goes, come on, come on, man. What are you doing? Did you do something? I said, what do you mean? Did I what do something? He's like, you? did are you, yeah, what do they have on you? Why are you in this position? Is it your company? And I was like, okay, this guy's got me like pinned to a T. And I said, I, in my mind, this was the last time I was going to hold something like this. This was going to be the conduit until I figured out really what my calling was and whether or not I could accurately go and safely financially with all my other responsibilities, be able to go start working on my calling. So if I do this, I'm extremely loyal and I have lots of, I try to have, try to have lots of integrity. That sounds like somebody who has none. <laughs> um, I try to, I try to really do the right thing all the time, but I just, yeah. but, but, um, but yeah, I, 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 uh, I know if I took that job, I'd give them four years. I try to do everything that they were trying to do. I know that I maybe even give it longer. I would start identifying problems and start creating solutions. And I would just do that. And I would turn around and be like, shit, I'm 47 now, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't work on my calling. And I don't necessarily know what the calling is. I just know I'm not working on it right now. Not, not to the level I want to. So I'd rather figure out how to have what I'm having now make it super efficient where I can excel in it with a reduction of hours. So I can reach this level of production in half the time as everybody else. And I can reinvest that time in trying to figure out how to do my calling, right? Um, or identify it or figure out how to go attack it, whatever. So I'd almost rather stay here and get really good at this and almost get it to the point where it's so efficient and so effective Right. And then I can kind of spread that out real quick and then be like, later, everybody, I left you with something good. You guys have a good time with it. I know that better than everybody else. And now I can take what I've learned here and I can go extrapolate it somewhere else. Well, I'm going to throw Libby in the fire here for a second. Yeah, let's Stay. do. Let's open her soul up. How? Well, <laughs> wait before you wait before you comment. This is about you again. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> How can you convince Evan to move into what he should be doing without being with, with, with integrity towards his current employer? Right. And get him out. <laughs> yeah. 
how can we do that? And I know what Evans, I know what Evans wanting to do. Evan knows what Evan's okay. wanting to do. What well, you said you didn't. Okay. What Evan, what do you want to do? What's, what is that calling? I want to whittle wood on my front porch while I listen to records and jazz and drink. Not some when you're 80. Oh, Same show, oh, not true. oh, okay. Uh, this is fun this morning. <laughs> um, okay. Um, what do I want to do? Um, I want to be, it's so fucking weird. I've never actually really been asked this. I know. That's why we're asking. Directly. Because I love Okay. What do I want to do? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to be, I want to be intellectually stimulated. I want to be able to be consistently working on a large scale problems that if good solutions can be met, have a wide net of positive impact. Okay. All right. So basically what I'm saying is give me something broke, right? And let me figure out how to fix it. And if I'm successful in fixing it, then I can leave a extremely large, scalable, positive impact behind me. Right. So if we- yeah, so take home building. This is where Shane and I spend a lot of time discussing. Don't just figure out how to make money building houses, right? We could probably just do that with the with adding a variable to our equation, which is effort, right? <laughs> if Shane and I could just True. put a lot of yeah. effort into it, we could make some money and for sure we could make money just building houses. But that's mm-hmm. not enough. There's a thousand people doing that. Tell me how to give someone a house that is beautiful, that is uh, efficient, uh, that is safe, and that can be afforded by everybody that also we can lend money on and we can provide a lasting um, low-income housing option that actually works, not just the house, but through the whole process, through the mortgaging of it, through the lending process, uh, through all the other things that, and so that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like, I I don't want to just go build houses. I want to build houses with a purpose, right? Or I don't just want to develop a new um, ancillary program for auto finance. I want to do one that is actually beneficial to the consumer and protects them and the banks and the dealerships or whatever, right? So anything that um, isn't kind of in that category uh, is, I don't know. I just say, don't waste my time. That's not it, right? So what I end up inevitably doing is saying, that's not it. That's not it, right? I'd rather someone come now. This is going to, I'm just going to give it a large scale example. I think this would sum it up. Not that I think this. If someone came to me and knocked on my door and said, Evan, yes, my name is Tom. Don't ask how I got here. Um, This is my partner, Susie Q. Um, So clean water. Yeah. Can you like take care of that for the world? Can you figure out how to do that? I'd probably be like, all right, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Let me go down to my little dungeon with all my whiteboards and I'll try to figure it out. I always joke like the beautiful mind in that movie where they, they oh, have you seen it? 
or with uh, mm, Russell Crowe yeah. and they open up the barn door and they find out he's got all the lines and the things everywhere. And his wife f- figures out like, holy shit, he's still crazy. Right. <laughs> that is like my office. Right. So you come down, you're like, what is all these fucking whiteboards and all this shit down? Here? Like, dude, don't touch anything. I've almost figured it out. You know, so I need to be in that space for me to feel like I'm doing. So you can almost insert problem A, problem B, problem C, it's not necessarily industry specific. It just has to fit that category. So what I want to be doing is I want to be in that space of problem solving. You know, the problem I've always ran into is I'm just not Elon Musk. Like that dude actually is really smart, but I, but I, but I feel, uh, I feel like what he's trying to do, right? He's trying to put internet and space right or he's trying to like i'm in that mindset i just don't quite have the same resources intelligence or 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 community that someone like that potentially does Um, but that's what i want to do i want to be doing stuff like that okay do you need to make money yes but it's not the most but it's not the most i support three people you have to start there i mean yep yep right we can't wealthy like okay, money. we're not. I enjoy it. We need to pay like some it. bills. Okay, so there has to be money. So now, is there a job description out there that you could apply for a job like you're talking about? Mm. Oh, there was one. Yeah, no, there is. Uh, but part of the problem is how those jobs are acquired, which is something else that I've been interested in. Uh, okay. Through so, this, yes, there is a job description yeah. that's just mastermind problem solver dude. Yep, yes. and th- that is a that's a tough sell on a resume. You know, <laughs> uh, is a just trust the piece of paper you're looking at. You need to talk to this guy. Like you can't. So, uh, let me give you actually a very specific example. Right, this is actually something that has really piqued my interest. Uh, I literally had a thought last week about having a different kind of recruiting firm. Um, and, and having different kind of clients that, you know, where you could reposition your recruiting firm. There are a lot of recruiting firms that say, we'll sift through the resumes, we'll find the people with the skill sets, and we'll do all of this. But um, literally, this company that ended up not giving me this job because the guy's like, if we hire you, you're a problem immediately. Your boss isn't going to want to manage you, right? Uh, your bo- my, our boss's boss won't want to manage you. Um, you're immediately going to cause a problem and we're going to have to replace you in a year. I can't promote you in a year. So we're going to have to do this again. Are you really going to come over here and do this for four years? Right? So that was the take, right? But they were so interested in me that they hired a recruiting firm and they, and they tasked the president of the recruiting firm to only be the one who can deal with me. So we're, we'll give you the money but we don't want one of your recruitment officers to, to go and solicit Evan. We want you, the president, to go do it himself. All right. So this guy, I worked directly with the president. The president of the recruiting firm also told me, like, what are you doing? Right. I'm looking at your resume. You're hiding in plain sight. Like, this isn't even your thing. And he says, I'm going to take you under my, your wing, my wing, and I'm going to find you for something free of charge. And he delivered. Uh, a week later, or two weeks later, he calls and he's like, here's a SVP position um, uh, for a 3D printing manufacturing home company that's doing the building houses with uh, 3D printers, right, in Europe and Asia. Do you want it? 
you know, do you want to talk about it? I've talked about it with them. And I'm like, that's interesting. Let's talk about it. Like that starts to fit into my calling maybe. Right. And he's like, but you got to move to Cincinnati. And I'm like, fuck Cincinnati. Like, you know, like I'm not moving to Cincinnati. And he says to me, uh, you, uh, Evan, you got to be willing to move. You know, he's in this kind of space. And he says, listen, you have a problem on your resume, right? Because you did all these things prior to going back into the workforce, right? And because they were entrepreneurial things, right? You went back to this position you were in prior to that, right? And you're excelling in it, but you can't just jump titles, right? And I, I might be able to get you to jump titles if you're willing to be flexible and move. And I can, and I said to him, I said, why can't I? Do you think I'm actually that person? He goes, yes, I do. I'm, I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years and I think you're massively unemployed. I think you should be making decisions for companies. I'm like, well, then do your job and go find that for me. He's like, I can't do that because I can't explain your resume. And I said, yeah. well, then what is the point of a recruitment firm if you can't explain to me, to your client, who I am? I either am that person or I'm not that person. And he said, listen, go take one job above yours for the next two years, right? And then it will open up for you. And I thought, well, that just seems broke. If I am that person, then all we're doing is satisfying a recruiting process that has been developed and implemented. And now at this point, like I also at some point also understand what he's saying, right? But then it says, why does it have to be that way? That sounds broke to me. Right. If there is a person who can actually use me now and you believe it, your job is to go find that person for your client. Here I am. Go explain to them and let me talk with them. And then we'll make the decision on whether or not they think I can do that. And his advice was, please go take another job. So this is easier for me. You know, and it's like, oh, that's not the whole that's not the point. So um, I just don't want to go through that process. I don't I don't. It's not that I want to skip the line. I just I'm fine. I've built a life around the income I'm making now. And I'd rather not go become beholden to a new position just to be able to open up more doors specifically. Uh, and maybe I should, but I just don't want to. I see Libby's wheels spinning. <laughs> Come on, you got to help me, Libby. <laughs> I'm trying to get him out of this mess too. I want to. I want to be able. Well, to I mean that it, it, it makes sense. Often. Like want, you have want, to. Yeah, I want to grow this. I mean, I'm growing it on my. Listen, Evan's great. Evan, Evan's a smart guy. Yes, I always obviously. He's my cousin. He's family. Um, but I think part of what I do is a little bit what he does, but I just kind of just, just go out and do it as I, I try to encourage people like it, I, he, and you can hear it. There's, we all have excuses of why there has to be a no inserted for whatever. Right. We're all so good at doing that. And we all, I catch myself doing it even with everything that I've changed in my last year, I catch myself saying, eh, not right now, but with everything that's happened, you, you got to stop saying, yeah, not right now. Cause you, you literally, it's yeah. we're running out of time. I mean, I'm not getting any right. younger, certainly. And I, I get the, the money thing is difficult. I have made myself very, very um, aware of what money really is in the last year and a half and have a completely different relationship with it. And shockingly, I've made a lot more of it <laughs> in the last in the last year and setting, setting goals is important. You know, the resolution thing every year it comes up this time of year is, I think it's silly. Um, I know Libby's 
probably a fan of using the word goal and they have to be realistic. Don't sit there and say, Oh, this year I'm going to do it. I'm going to crush. I'm going to make $5 million this year. Have you ever made a million dollars this year? Have you ever made a hundred thousand dollars this year? No. Well then you can't mm-hmm. set that goal. Start with realistic ones. And that's, I'm sure that's some things that you talk about with your clients too, is where do you go in the next six months, year, 18 months, five years, but how do you get there? And if it takes a little bit longer, that's okay, but you've got to start the process now and not say, no, not right now, if that makes sense. And I think that's, that's what I'm trying to like, I know Evan started that process because I hear him talk about it more than I've ever heard him talk about it in the mm-hmm. last two or three years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, we've, we've started kind of doing some things that we both are very interested in, in problem solving in the mm-hmm. home building industry for, for sure, construction. Um, but I want to, I want to get him. I'm impatient. I'm a very impatient person, but I want to get him there. And whatever that means for him, I want to get him there this year. I want to see a lot more progression. Okay, buddy. Mm-hmm. I see yeah, me too. What do you say for, for him to get him moving quicker? So I'm going to give you a little acronym that kind this of is great, by the way, I love this. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of goals, yeah, they say a smart goal. And of course uh-huh. that's an acronym for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time sensitive. So any goals you have in life should be smart goals uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, whether it's with your weight or uh, you have a goal of running a marathon this year, maybe I shouldn't do that because maybe that's not realistic, right? But um, I think it's, you know, it's there. So there's some that are a little bit easier. Um, And so I can definitely help. It sounds weird, like, I just want to be happier. And you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, read, read the book 10% happier because that's a measurable, you know, whatever. So it's it's, it's a hard thing. Um, I put together and I know that if we're listening to this, you can't see this, but all right, Evan, here's where you are. Okay. Oh, God. Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Hold on. Okay. Put these bad so boys on. Here in the middle with, <laughs> okay. your, with your profession. Mm-hmm. So, one way to kind of backtrack is to not get paid. Do what you love, the money will follow. Do you start doing this on mm-hmm. the side? Because not getting paid for something is not. You know, a lot of us do things for free, like I did it this year, and I have a, a bonus structure, but just to see if I'm any good at it, to see where I'm at, because it's hard to ask to payment for something that we're not sure how much value we bring and how to put a dollar figure on it. So to do what you want to do, you can do it and just not get paid. So if you could just say, I'm going to go solve this problem and publish a paper on it on your spare time, because I enjoy doing that, then we can show our value. But right now I see that as one direction you can go is do that but have no payment associated with it. Mm -hmm. And I think at some point they'll see the value, but just keep pursuing it, but not as a payment. Now, if you want to do a lateral move, I think it's a physical move. And you just said, Ohio, Cincinnati, that's out of the picture. Mm -hmm. So you can get that same position, but a lot of them want you physically to be in a different place. Mm. So you could join different companies, but you have to be open to uprooting your whole life and your family and and moving to a Cincinnati, because that's what I just heard is, you know, a lateral move, it could be industries, which you're open to, but are you not open to that? So you're, so far I hear what you're not open to is not getting paid because we need to make money unless you can do it on your spare time. I think this is out of the picture. I think Ohio, Asia, whatever. I think this is out of the picture, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. 
because you live in Denver. That's pretty awesome. And your family's here and your kid's school is mm-hmm. here and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So do you see where, I, where I'm mm-hmm. left? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have two arrows up and down left if you guys are listening on, yeah. on the podcast. So yeah. It's, so you so either what, take what, upward what, movement to a promotion so that downward. he does yep. have that title. Mm-hmm. Or you go down here and don't have it as a job and don't get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the one on the right? Do it. Asia. <laughs> Asia or Ohio? Asia. Is it backwards for you? Yeah. No, 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 no. No, it is. No, it's good. Yeah. Now, now this like brings up a good point. No, 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 no. This is this is almost what I'm doing constantly every day and thinking about these things. And even every time Shane and I talk, you know, I Shane, I, I I'd say this. I every time you and I have a conversation, you know, Shane and I will go, let me back up one step. Shane and I might go a week without talking. And sometimes mm-hmm. we'll talk four days in a row, right? Um, and if I've, I've found if we don't talk for a week, it's almost like, shit, I got to kind of plan this out because I know what will end up happening. <laughs> Shane and I will talk for an hour and a half, three, right? Three hours. Be- yeah, because all of a sudden <laughs> it'll be like, it's like a hose that's kinked up. And then all of a sudden it just comes out at once. And we're like, okay, what about this? What about this, right? Um, and, but every time we do it, I end up, almost having the same uh, outcome, which mm-hmm. is I'll start getting swept up in other stuff. And then I'll talk to Shane and it's like a recentering. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, I go upstairs and I tell my wife, I'm like, oh, damn it. We just got to get one built, you know, or something like this. We just got to get started, you know? Um, but yeah. then all of a sudden my phone's blowing up and people are like, you know, are you going to be on this call tomorrow at seven 30? And it's like, I get swept back up in it and I almost resent it. Because it's like this thing pulling me away, this responsibility of mortgage and kids' schools and and groceries and my own health, Mm -hmm. right? Like I have two pending surgeries that I need to get done, you know, and it's just like, oh my gosh. And then I just get frustrated because I'm putting it all together. So when I look at your visual, it's kind of the same thing. Um, And I've close to started yeah Yeah. Yeah. and it's like okay Mm -hmm. uh well maybe i'll take a look at that arrow maybe i'll take a look at this one and i have even thought about just saying well just make the money but do something you know take my advice that i give to other people just let your job be something to do to pay for your life outside of it and then just make sure what you're doing outside of your life whether it makes money or not just something that you're doing right um that is fulfilling so i could potentially do it without money Right. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, I think a good place that I could start if it wasn't directly with what Shane and I are doing, which is what we're going to chip away at this year, uh, would just be consulting. I end up doing it almost mm-hmm. for free anyways, because right. if you think of the nature of consulting is I have this problem. Right. And I'd like to hire you to help us fix it. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether that's uh, employee retention whether that is productivity, whether that is I'm this little company this big and I need to get to here. Um, how do I scale it? How do I build a sales department? How do I add additional revenue streams? Um, these are little things I geek out about because it's a problem. And I get to say, let me pick through it. Let me do a lot of you know, Q&A. Let me do a lot of interviews. And I will come up with what your, your root problem is. So one thing I found out that I do really well is, you know, I can easily take my face away from the piece of paper and look at the whole problem and all of its pieces, you know, um, yeah. where a lot of people are looking from piece to piece. And I can kind of just like look at it like this and say, 
Well, the problem is, you know, here's the, okay, so that's actually, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Tom's the problem, you know, <laughs> like, who, like Tom's the problem. Tom's the problem, you know? Um, and then I can get my face back close to the piece of paper and kind of redo it all. But um, it is no, I think bringing this back to real estate for a second, we'll, we'll get yeah. off me for a second here. Um, Shane and I have talked about this and now I'm curious with where this conversation is going to, uh, your opinion on this. People who get into real estate, I feel like fall into two categories, right? There is the career path of real estate, this professional career path. of, And then there's also, this is what the other person in the house is doing for additional income. This is maybe I can sell a house or two a year. Um, this is something I can do dabble my toe in. And if it just goes great, maybe then I can quit my job. Like, I feel like, do you feel that's also true? And is there one that's worse than others? Are they both fine? Should they be treated separately? What's your opinion on that? Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And a lot of us fall, fell into this career. Um, so in terms of what you're saying, I just want to jump back because I do a lot of mentoring formally. Uh, so there's like an e-for-all program that's out of Longmont. It's actually um, was East Coast, but they started in Longmont. And it's, you know, usually unrepresented communities um, that have an idea and they just don't know how to do it, you know, mm -hmm. and they need people like you. So I would recruit you because I'm part of this. Somebody has this beautiful, amazing cleaning product and she's like, has it, but she has all these ideas and she likes everything, which is great. She's not like, oh, I hate that part of the business. I hate, she likes it all, but we decided to go, Okay, mm -hmm. let's get real focused. What are we mm -hmm. going to do? And what are those smart goals? And how do we take those steps? So I really enjoy doing that too, because mm -hmm. from the outside, it's a lot easier to see like, I see yep. it. I see mm -hmm. you're trying to target 22 year old males who care about the environment. That's not your people yet. Yep. Come yep. back. It's moms, 41 year old moms like yep. me, you know? Um, so, so I do that. And then I also uh, mentor for this amazing program called Greenhouse Scholars. And they have these college students that they get full rides. They had lots of support. And one of the things they have to do is call someone on this list uh, once a quarter or something. So they told me I'd get a call maybe once, once a quarter, maybe. I've gotten three calls in the last two weeks of these super smart young college students that have big career aspirations. One is really into tutoring. She wants to do a whole tutoring to support kids who have a hard time with reading. And they have all, and all three of them are like, yeah, I kind of want to get my real estate license, you know, as a side hustle. And my first thing is, oh, I love this, Shane. What do you think when people are like, well, I at least want to get it just for my own deals. For my and own deals. like, brilliant. <laughs> love that. So if you're going to have a surgery, do you want to do, have the person who does a surgery every seven years? <laughs> like this, there's a lot or of complexities. I'm not trying <laughs> right, exactly. Someone who knows what's going on. And then the other thing I had explained to them is that there is a lot of, I mean, sure, you sell a million dollar house, it's a nice big paycheck, but you know, like it took me five years of working with these people to get to there. Mm -hmm. It took, I have a ton of education. I have a, my uh, managing broker license during COVID. I got my GRI, which is 60 
uh, credits of 15 different courses. And so there's a lot of education. We have to take the mandatory updates course. We have to pay to be a realtor. And some of us are, some of us are not. We give part of our commission to uh, the, the brokerage that we work for if we work for one. Then we give a lot of our money to the government. So, you know, that that million dollar paycheck is not worth it to do once a year when you're no. paying for insurance, when you're paying for board memberships, when you're paying for subscriptions to MLSs, when you're, and I, I take it for granted because I know mm. this, but I tell that to these kids and they're like, oh, yeah. so if you're going to do one deal a year, it's just not worth it. And guess what? You don't want your friends to hire you to do that one deal because you don't no. know what's going on. You it's don't know the new regulations. You don't know that Boulder is going to make you put high efficiency windows in that rental. Sounds brilliant, but you mm. won't be able to get a rental license until you put on a you know, brand new roof and do blown in insulation. So mm -hmm. yes, um, I don't try to discourage people. And I'm, especially since now I'm trying to do more coaching. I had so many people, oh, I'm thinking about getting into real estate. Can I pick your brain? I'll buy you a cup of coffee. And, you know, bless her heart. There's a top real estate agent in Boulder. She's like, unless it's making me money, I'm not wasting my time. No, so Shane, I'm sure you get a million people every day. Oh, and I'm like, well, now I can recruit you, come work with my company. And then I at least get a cut of it. But I get a lot of calls once a week of somebody mm -hmm. who wants to get into real estate and they want to pick my brain. And um, I get it. Yeah, the shows make it seem very sexy and lucrative and fun and things mm -hmm. like that. But you, you know, imagine if somebody like does you love it, Shade, when something sells within 24 hours? I'm like, well, should I get it? Should I get some money back? Because you know uh, right. that one's that sold really fast. That was so easy. Like, hold, wait, hold on, hold on. We're oh, not yeah. done yet. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, done. wait. That was supposed to be a two month build, and it only took you six weeks. So, do I get a yeah. refund for you right. doing it so fast? Right, right, right. No, no. 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 that's so, where I make my money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm sure that Shane, you have your own examples of that, and um, there are uh, three million real estate agents in the United States. Mm -hmm. Right, there's 300,000 of us in the Denver metro area. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of agents and we're all over the spectrum. There are people out there hustling every day and there are people that just kind of hang your license some and just do a little dabble. And I think it'd be really hard to dabble because every time I do a deal, every single time I take a class, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get sued. <laughs> I'm scared yeah. to death of this there's career because you're just like, CYA, yeah. every single thing you do. And yeah. I'm so paranoid. So, um, so to, to have your license, just to dabble at it seems like a really risky business. And it's just, it's not a part-time gig. It doesn't take a lot. I coach my guys to run your business. I'm not talking about writing contracts, I'm not, not doing the business of real estate, not that waitress right. taking your order and actually looking at houses and doing showings. I'm talking about running your business and keeping your flow going and connecting with people an hour a day. If you're mm. focused and you're on task, I think that an hour a day is all you really need to do. Do that in the morning, spend your afternoon out there showing houses, touring properties, doing those kinds of things, active real estate activities. But in terms of running your business, you need an hour a day. Yeah, I agree. I agree hundred percent. And, and you're right. When someone comes to you and, and says that, because it does sound like a job where you can do the side hustle and it's easy money and, you know, you're only working, you know, 10 hours for a deal to get paid 20 grand. And, and if you break it down, the way you did, whereas it is sometimes you do, but guess what? You have the other deal that took six to eight months to do. And you spent 15 hours, 20 hours mm -hmm. a week, maybe even more on that one deal. You break that down and you yeah. made eight bucks an hour. 
So it balances yeah. out and you can, I'm not saying that it's not lucrative, but when you tell people all that's involved in just having a real estate license mm -hmm. and then keeping that license, they do back up and go, well, I have to keep taking classes and I have to pay my insurance every year. And I, ugh, how would I know how to do all that? Exactly. You have yeah, to, you're, it's not a job yeah, you're you not kind of screw around with. Yeah, you're not paying somebody to try to make it go perfect. You're paying someone to protect you from when it doesn't go doesn't, perfect. Exactly. Right. This is like, and and <laughs> if you know. think about this, this is exactly how everything works. If you, th it's like, Shane and I, we said this on a podcast like last year or something. I remember saying this: like, I should be able to do drugs. <laughs> I should be able to speed. Okay. Right. I should be able to do all these things because I know how to do it responsibly. But that's not how we make laws. Mm -hmm. They're not for people mm -hmm. like me. Right. Mm -hmm. we, I, if it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm on a red eye and I'm coming home from, you know, a business trip and there is nobody on 225 around. I should be able to go 100 miles an hour because that's a safe place for me to probably do it. Right. I'm um, a great driver. I can do But that. we don't make speed limits for Evan. We make speed limits for, you know, this guy, Tom, who seems to keep showing up everywhere around my life. Tom, Tom is going 100 miles an hour in a school zone. So we got to make a goddamn speed, a speed limit because of Tom's, right? right? We all have to abide by it. And it's, you know, so it's not like you're paying me to make this go perfect. No, no, no. You're paying me to protect you for when this becomes a nightmare. And to be able to represent right. you and to be able to advise you correctly and steer you yeah. through this and help you bridge the gap between the known and the unknown, right? Because you're not supposed right. to know all of this. I am. You're supposed to decide if this is a place that you want to invest this money and live your life. And everything in between that is me. So if it goes perfect, we got lucky, right? Or, or not lucky. Mm -hmm. We are just great. But that's not what the fee is for. The fee is for when all of a sudden, you know, we think there's a radon issue and um, we're having all kinds of issues negotiating between inspection items and, and all these things you're unaware of. That's where I step in. That's what you're paying for. If there's none of those, great. That doesn't mean you get a discount. That just means there was none of those problems. Um, and I think it's a, I know, I always think of it that way. It's where, I, look, I'm guilty of it too. You don't think I even, even being in this industry, I still sometimes think, hey, Shane, did I find the house? Just write the contract up for me, buddy. <laughs> you know, and it's like, dude, <laughs> heaven, you know, I'm not just going to write up a contract for you. That's you know, you know there's a bunch of other shit here. And it's like, I'll try to you do a bunch of that stuff off the radar. And it's like, it never works right. out well. Yeah. Right. I mean, not to put ourselves in the same level as like a heart surgeon, you know, that sure. and my, oh, yeah. my amazing heart brother, my uh, brother-in-law is a heart surgeon, you know, he's so respectful and he's like, you're dealing with millions of dollars. This is like their biggest income. And so when you go back to a calling and, and, you know, going to them, just being you know, like really hearing, and this person's like, my son's a senior, I think now's the time to sell, but I want to make sure I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? I need to figure out if it's easy to keep him enrolled at Centaurus, even if they move out of district, what does that look like? That's my mm -hmm. problem that I need to solve today and to try to ease that pain because there's a lot of moving parts. They do not need to know. And yeah. maybe that's what we do, Shane. Maybe we make it look easy and we, they don't know about all the nuances. There is a new rule in Colorado. I don't know if you're taking your updates course yet. Um, not this year. But, all right. Well, just know. That hairstyle is the protected class in Colorado now. Mm -hmm. 
Not that I would ever imagine rejecting somebody's offer in a multiple offer situation because of their hairstyle. And of course, I was thinking about mohawks or colored hair or something like that. But my husband's like, what about dreads? And you're like, oh, that's probably where it came from, right? And it's just those kinds of things. You're like, well, I don't think I would ever have, but you need to know. But again, that's a perfect example of the rules not for you. Exactly. Right. This is Something for true. the people. Yeah. This is for the racist who is finding a way to discriminate unfairly against a hairstyle yeah. that is typically culturally associated with one, you know, group of yep. people. Right. So it's like I would not. Ne- it's not for you. It's for those right. four brokers out of those 300,000 mm-hmm. that yeah. are yeah. bigot pricks. And right. One and we're going to make sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So we all have to abide by that now. And it's not like how I can't believe that they would ever make me do such. It's like, dude, it's not for you. Uh, It's for those other Mm -hmm. people. Um, I'm going to, can I push back on something you said? You mm -hmm. said uh, it's not like not to put us in the same class as a heart surgeon. Mm -hmm. I would say yes and no. And I can make a pretty good argument that, yeah, it's like apples and oranges, right? One is potentially life and death, but one is potentially long-term happiness and financial security, which encompasses 20, 30 years of your life um, or Mm -hmm. 10 or 15 years of your life. This is the number one way people generate uh, wealth um, through real estate and through buying homes and and uh, it's also where their memories are. It's where yes. they're. Um, so, yeah, one is a little bit different. It's like a sharper needle, no pun intended, or a sharper knife, no pun intended, talking about a surgeon. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's more of like the immediate importance. But the other one, to me, because almost equally as important, I mean, the home I'm in is it's my Christmases. It's my memories. It's um, how I live my life um, everywhere um, and how I share it with the most important people that I'll ever have, my family. Um, And Mm -hmm. me making a bad decision there um, might mean, you know, not being comfortable at home and not having uh, in the right location that serves. And it creates a daily stress and depression on my life driving because I, I bought a house that I shouldn't have and um, it didn't get the value I want. And that's how I'm going to end up getting equity to get a better home or to for college education. So there, it is kind of apples and oranges. But uh, I think one thing uh, that I would suggest to real estate agents, especially ones like you, right, who we just got done kind of talking about the other side of the coin of, I'll just do it as a side hustle, right? Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm trying to think of a way this so this doesn't sound offensive to anybody. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Tom. Tom would, I got a friend, Tom wants to Tom say something. Tom would say. <laughs> Tom would say, don't take a loser's mentality. Yep. Don't think what you're yeah. doing is not important, that you're, you're one of 300,000. This is what, you know, stay-at-home moms we'll do as a side job. hustle. Yeah, sur- like don't – I still feel like yeah. there's a little bit of yeah. that in the industry where people are like, well, I'm a realtor. Like, dude, don't, don't do yeah. that. <laughs> I'm literally finding homes for people and helping build memories. And it sounds so woohoo, right? But, it, dude, it's mm-hmm. so true. You, you know – it's so important to get that right. Uh, if you're going, it's all the money you've saved. It's all that hard work. 
It's where you're going to be building your memories. It's where you're going to live your life from. It's your epicenter. And it's probably the thing that's going to create or help create wealth and generational wealth, even potentially um, that's going to provide all these options. And it is a big window. It's not like a one-year thing. It's 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And maybe that's not as much anymore as people buy and sell faster than ever. But, um, But still, it is so critical to me to get right. It's your health. Well, buy a bad I mean, house I, and it has asbestos, I, you know. <laughs> I have like three things that your conversation yeah. triggered. And I do appreciate that respect. And I know that we're in the, the nest in the tree of people who know and respect our profession. The barrier to entry to become a realtor is very low. And so mm-hmm. there is a huge spectrum of hobbyists versus hardcore professionals. And yep. and we all end up somewhere on that spectrum. And it's yep. really hard to differentiate. I have built my business that I even tell like telemarketers, I'm like, I have a closed business. I only work at this point in my career. I only work with people who know, love and trust me. And that right. is something that's on because the deals I've done when someone's found me online have not been good. I'm trying to constantly prove myself. Whereas these other people that mm. they got my name, they work with me and there's a lot of business out there, right? This is, I have my database of 120 people. Those are the people who are going to hire me and they're going to refer me. That's, right. that's all I need. I have a great career. I have a great business focusing on those people where I'm not constantly trying to be like, no, 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 really, I'm going to take care of you. No, I promise. I actually know what I'm doing. Like constantly sell. Exactly. Um, So that's the problem is the barrier to entry is a lot different than a heart surgeon. So that's Mm -hmm. where there's not like hobbyist heart surgeons, where there is a lot of hobbyist realtors. Um, So the other thing is that brought up and the quality of life has a lot to do with your house, but here is the one key thing. And this goes in the personal with your experience and we can have a million stories. And you guys, I think I want to start an app because there's apps for everything except for your neighbor. Okay, there's rate a professor. What about rate your neighbor? <laughs> because oh so much oh of the, the good and the bad <laughs> of these homes, I can go on, I can see their square footage. I can see their efficiency. I can see how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms. I can see when it was built. I can see all this stuff. But, but what, what I don't about know is who's next Tom? to me. You right? may move next to Tom and it's all my over. At my, house, <laughs> my house is, is great. It's fine. I have a new kitchen. That's awesome. My neighbors are spectacular. Yeah. Spectacular. Yeah. And, you know, and by the way, people we're that... not talking about Tom Hardy, our, one of our sponsors. No, no. <laughs> no not no, that no, Tom. No. <laughs> Tom like is the exception Tom. to all the other Toms. <laughs> But would it, um, so, what, okay, hold on a sec. I, listen, listen, this is in my wheelhouse. This is in my wheelhouse. Okay, so, uh, so you're saying take this app where, uh, what's the neighborhood app? What's the one where you're next door? Um, next door. Next right? door. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, Think not the all best. The crazy people on next door, though. I'm just, I'm just no, going to lead in. No. no, 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 no. Yes. This is. No, 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 I'm with you. I'm 100% oh, with you. Right. No, no. Uh, that's where all the crazy comes out. Yeah. Right. You know, um, who's the one with the wind chimes in the backyard? You're like, Jesus, criminy. You know, my it's cat, like, Sumpkin's cat keeps pooping in my kids' Yes, 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 Coyote yes. In my neighborhood yesterday. Do Who do I, what police state yeah. do I call? Oh. Who's the guy with the beard with the dog off leash walking? You and know, his, it's his um, robe and his son runs around. Right, right, <laughs> right. So this would have to be some sort. You know, it's such a good point, though. This, this is yeah. what I mean by take a problem. Right. Yeah. And then try to find a solution to it because it is so true. 
Libby the difference between a good now. neighbor and a bad neighbor doesn't have a, an evaluation. There is no, um, and I would almost take a, if I had house A and house B, right? And both of them are comparable, but yep. one has, you know, um, guy burning crosses in the front yard. Yep. And the other guy is like, Evan, do you need a help? You need a helping hand with, uh, what are you doing? Yep. Changing a tire? That difference is everything, right? And then right now, there is no way to really make it a variable that is scalable that you can actually go and put a value to in terms of a home search. Mm -hmm. So you would have to generate some sort of uh, uh, anonymous database to where you could have this neighborhood has a high value and you could almost look at it where you could segment it out and you could be like right now this is one of these are where all the great people are and this is a neighborhood that's in conflict yes like think of a map like color-coded you know and it's like sort by green we we like to complain right so i try to have a if i have a bad experience i have to write to a great server or something if I had a bad server. So I try to balance it out, but in general, next store and other are gonna be full of complainers. So I could see it being weighted so that if there's one bad neighbor, there's a lot of reviews in that neighborhood. If there's really good neighbors, people just don't bother to bring it up. So we'd have to figure it. So that is part of the crux. putting that out there. Uh, And then so uh, real quick to put it just a real fast bow on that Libby, what I would do Uh is I wouldn't try to create an app and start that database from scratch. What I would do is try to develop the the technology or the software and then try to sell that or integrate it with Nextdoor. They already have the footprint and you're going to say, here's what we would like to do. Um, We've created Uh a, 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 you know, a, a way to be able to go and rate neighbors uh, anonymously mm-hmm. and to give it a score. Mm-hmm. And we would like to implement that as a value add to your already big platform. And then what yeah. we're going to do also is then tie your platform back into other real estate platforms. But so that way now I mean, you, you I, can be a part of that structure process. The is there. Rate, yeah. rate a professor is already there. Both mm-hmm. my dad and my brother are professors. So there's already a mechanism for that. And then, yeah. so there's our, anyways. Anyways. I don't want to, yeah. I'm like, um, okay. What was the third is, thing? Is the, the real estate industry has not had a lot of disruption. And I have studied, uh, I'm someone who studied a lot of disruption, the music industry and how the disruption mm-hmm. of peer to peer sharing and how that's changed to put maybe more money in people's pockets. And the barrier to entry for music is a lot lower because mm-hmm. you don't have to have, you know, all this technology. So the, the uh, real estate industry, we shall see um, I am all about technology and disruption and changing it up, but it's a pretty archaic system, right? People think with technology, I don't need a realtor anymore. And they have some decent arguments. I think that there's a lot of ins and outs and the cost for us, I don't think is really that high. So, and the seller pays for it anyways. Um, but it'll be interesting to see there's some technologies and some of them are, are, major agencies and there's one that just came to boulder and they have very uh sophisticated technology they're like we're not a real estate company we're a technology company and they have artificial intelligence so they can predetermine based on someone's social media postings if they're going to move or not Mm -hmm. you know those kinds of or they're looking to buy or they had a change in life we know that 17 reasons people move pregnancy uh, marriage divorce you know like all these things so yeah Yes. Um, so 
they, so there's this one company that's um, very much agency model and there's other ones that are coming to Boulder that they don't participate in MLS. And so they can save you all this money because they don't have to advertise their fees because we're not going to be on um, Iris or RE Colorado or any of those. So right. I'm really curious to see how our industry changes. And, you know, if we say I'm, I'm a people person, I have, for, you know, for the guy from the office, um, from office space, like <laughs> that will get us pretty far. But if we are... Um, Neo, if we don't understand technology and we can't utilize technology and meet our clients where they are, if you have an AOL account, I'm like, oh boy, this, <laughs> this transaction is going to be a problem, right? Be, yeah. So I love technology. I'm an adopter, but I'm really fascinated to see how this technology is going to change in the next five, 10 years. I have a lot of clients buying houses yeah. this year, sight unseen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it, it's been so, very interesting to watch all this. And, and, and that being said, we're kind of, we're up against the clock, but I wanted to ask you because it's a good lead in about you're up in winter park right now. You guys obviously okay. live in Lafayette. Um, yes. and you are, how, how many days a week are you up there right now? I know you've kind of sort of done this because of COVID, right? Am I right? You know, right. you kind of, yeah. But so, I mean, with online schooling, it's been a little more flexible for some kids to be able to do mm -hmm. something like this. I mean, are you doing the same amount of real estate volume right now? I know you're doing all the coaching stuff too, but so are you up there full-time, would you say right now? Is it part-time? Like, how are you making all this work? And Absolutely, absolutely full-time. Um, okay. Last week, I had a final walkthrough through a new construction. I drove back, you know, it's an hour and 45 minutes. It's not terrible. Mm -hmm. It's not far. Um, and then I should have a closing soon. In terms of my clients and showing houses, a lot of them aren't really looking at a lot of houses. Um, okay. So I do have some colleagues and so they'll take out my clients and, and show the properties. But again, I've really been very, um, in terms of my income, it was a fine year, mm -hmm. uh, especially considering I know I lost some deals because I did go on a two month RV trip and people said, oh, I'm not going to bother her. Right. So um, it is a I think we're going to have a huge shift and Evan, I'd be surprised if your businesses aren't open because what we've seen is that this online working from home has really increased uh, people's quality of life coupled with them actually being productive. Right. I think, uh, you know, in terms of people moving here from California for quality of life, they can do it now because their offices are like, well, we don't really need you here. So I'm really excited to see how that shifts. Um, mm -hmm. My husband, like I said, runs an IT company and he does the IT company for about 20 different businesses in the Denver metro area. And he's like, listen, guys, unless we have to set foot on there, you don't want us coming in and bringing our germs in and us bringing our germs back to the office. So he shut his office down in March. None of his guys have been going in. Their business has been totally busy because people say, well, I, I, we're not busy. You know, we're all at home now. So we don't have an office to maintain. Like, no, you have 17 offices because right. now all 17 of those guys need to VPN, have secure networks, be able to get their emails, because store that in the cloud. So it has been, he calls it this cloak of invisibility. Um, <laughs> he's, we've been gone and he's been completely running his business. I mean, I don't know last day he's had a day off. Um, and likewise, I've been running my business, um, mm -hmm. staying connected with people doing that. If somebody needs to see a house, I jump in the car and drive. Um, it's not a, it's, it's been really amazing. Um, and I hope that our, our lifestyle continues because when I do have to go down to Lakewood for a class and I have that hour commute, which mm -hmm. is something people do every day, 
I eat terribly. I'm tired when I got home. I don't yeah. want to exercise. Uh, my kids have like an hour with me and, and we've had such a great time spending eating, exercising, working, and spending so much time as a family. So that's kind of the broad, um, broad strokes. We've been blessed to have this space to, to come up to and really just live the mountain lifestyle for now. And yeah, it has been no problem for my clients. I jump in the car, I drive back, I show them a house, I come back up here. Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree. I think there's two things um, that I see potentially, I, well, more, more than potentially at this point, because now it's, it's January 2021. But I think there's two things. One, I think you're right. A lot of companies have seen the, the proficiency surprisingly go up with people working from home with companies that are able to work it that way. Obviously, not every job okay. even has the capability. My wife's a PA. She can't work from home. Oh. She has, she's, she's in neurology. She has to be there. Yeah. I mean, they're doing treatments yeah. and procedures and surgeries. Doctors, you know, they can't do that, obviously. And, and that's, you know, that's going to stay the same. They've, I think maybe some small things have, have changed for the good and some of the, the business, but that's, you know, what it is. There's another part of it. That's, you know, people that are not self-driven enough, or they need that, that, I would say meeting quality of people being together or they need to be in team meetings in person. And I think they're seeing some of that be difficult, although we're very adaptive as humans. I think we've seen a lot of adaptation and we're just, you know, take on how it is, mm -hmm. but there are some businesses that cannot still, even if they're working from home, cannot continue to go there permanently um, because of mm -hmm. some of those employees needing to have the access to whatever tools and, 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 and other office issues sure. that are coming from that. So I would say a lot of businesses are going to pull back and go remote because it's easy. Mm -hmm. It saves them money and because people are happier and, and more proficient. And then the other side of, of that is just understanding precautionary issues moving forward with, with health. I, I'm hoping that companies like Google who have put out the health war, you know, basically the health availability, the way they've set things up for their, their employees, you know, with, with, in-house doctors and, and, and uh, fitness rooms and gyms and all this stuff where they're encouraging that. I think you're going to see, I'm, I think you're going to see more of that kind of coming to fruition as far as people in general, looking at their, not just physical, but mental health and seeing what's working, what's not. I think it's kind of eye open to everybody, um, especially in this country. I think because of the way I see it is we're one of the most unhealthy countries in the entire world. And I think that's kind of shown up not just physically, but mentally as well, because I think other countries have mm -hmm. kind of recognized the mental aspect and that has um, been beneficial for them. But here in this country, I think we're mentally deficient and I think it's going to help. So moving forward, I think we're going to see, you're able to do what you're doing from Winter Park a lot, right? That's cool. That's a lot. And Evan, um, although he had been working from home some, he was, you know, some part of his job is going to need to come back into driving around, I'm assuming. But Evan's been very proficient at home. And I think his companies recognize that too. So I think there's going to be like a hybrid model going forward of, of the way we, we look at business. Because even 50 years ago, going back to real estate, people were living very close to where they were working, right? Right. Everything was there. Um, and, and, and because of the availability of the vehicle and highways and just people's mm -hmm. inability to purchase, cause as, as the economy changed dramatically, um, 
inflation's changed. You know, we've had a huge rise in appreciative value of houses, more than we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. People couldn't afford to do that anymore because everything was developed in one place for commercial use. But that drove everything out, you know, up through the ceiling as far as price-wise real estate. So now I think you're going to see more of that happen locally again. So people are going to live where they want, but they're also going to be able to go into work closer to home. They're not going to be as willing to, if they have to go into work, they're not going to be as willing to drive anymore, which I'm not going to go into, but a lot of things are going to happen for that environmentally. So long story short, I think this hybrid model for most people is going to be really cool to watch. Um, And hopefully we get back to just being more like humans. Yeah, I think uh, I'll put a little bow on this here too. I, um, yes, with my business, I think what we have found out is that these kind of general business, let's see, I called it something the other day that I thought was it like business antiquities, right? Like these antiques of business, like Mm -hmm. the handshake is that it's like, okay, stop. Uh, you the know, like, <laughs> yeah, this like that. This is what we need is to have this environment for people to come work. And I think you saw like this being addressed. Uh, go back to the early start of like Google and some of the tech companies, you know, putting ping pong tables in there. You know, it's like this was this transitional period of evaluating the environment in which people work and its effect on productivity. And I think what we have found is 2020 has been a pretty good teacher that really, when you strip it down, nobody gives a shit, right? Like in my opinion, like that's nice. Majority of people, yes. Yeah, it's like, I don't need that. I don't, I mean, that's nice to have. Um, but like my clients was one of these business antiquities. We send these reps out into the field and go meet with our people and put a face to the business. And it's like, really when it's done, it's like, listen, man, I'm just here in my office trying to get some stuff done so I can make money and go home too. Right. Right. So if we can actually find a way to make that more efficient, right. And more effective, that's really all we care about. So you know, I tell my clients all the time, my job is not to have necessarily a relationship with you, right? My job is to make sure that you're doing as much business as you humanly possibly want to do, humanly possibly, as much as you want to do with me, as effectively and efficiently as possible with mm-hmm. as little to no friction, right? And if you and I do that, we'll never talk, right? You know, we both have plenty of friends and family. Right. My job is to get you to the point where you're doing as much business as you want to do or you should do with me as easy as possible with little to no friction. And if we're right. successful in that, we'll never talk. Right? right. You'll just crush it with me and you go home and I go home. Right. Yeah. And then my job is to when we're not on that track to come in and kind of lift you up. Hey, I can't. Yeah. Whoa, 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 you almost fell down a little bit. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And to lift you back up into that. And I think uh, look, we had a skyscraper in Dallas for my company, you know, <laughs> 60 some floors. And in a heartbeat, it oh. was how do we take and we're a 10 billion dollar entity. Right. And we have all these people in servicing for the loans, all these buyers and funders and credit analysts and underwriters and marketing team. They're all there in the office. And in like a one month window, this logistical nightmare had to happen where everyone has to go home. And I think this fear was they're going to get home and they're going to get hung up with uh, Jerry uh, uh, Springer and the production is going to go down. And it was the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Everyone figured out how to look at what we're doing right now. We're all talking together using this technology, 
right? Um, that allows us to be able to do, Shane and I can interview, uh, the last guy was in Montana, the guy before that was in Texas. You know, um, we can talk to anybody at any time, any, anywhere in the world, and technology is this amazing thing that we utilize and don't utilize correctly. Because yes. um, we still have these business antiquities, these things that we still think, no, we don't. Or at least we should be evaluating these things. So. I'm an adopter of technology in this environment, but you asked Shane, I'm also a laggard, right? Like, well, that's, that's I, also very yeah. funny because you are so into the way we can do these types of things now, yet right. you're so far behind. Yet I far. still want my newspaper, man. You know, it's like, I yeah, still you, want my you book. Really dated that, yourself, like, yeah. I'm going to sit at home and watch Jerry Springer. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it just shows you how much TV watch I watch. TikTok, okay? like, That's my yeah. point. I'm not doing that because I'm still talking about Jerry Springer. You know? right. So I'm actually working. Um, no, it is good. And I think the real estate industry, I like the word you used about being a disruptor. Um, I, I just, it's just people, in my opinion, and this is my consulting part and just doing a lot and being able to at least work in a company that I'm doing that is so big and so important financially. Um, you know, in 2008 crisis, we we're one of like these banks, like, you know, it's like what we do, it has this effect. Um, and that's just the one part of my bank. Overall, we own Chrysler Capital. We own all these things. Um, anyways, I just think that um, using this technology and making sure that we're disrupting appropriately, but I, people just have such a problem with disruptors. I'm referred to as a disruptor, you know, and I have to tell you people, are. you, yeah, you want me to disrupt, yeah. right? Because otherwise this is, uh, look, you don't have to look far. You can look just in mother nature, right? And you can see that this is how this is partially set up. Right, that you know, a small tree can reshape the growth of another tree if it's just leaning into it or it's taking its shade and it will disrupt it and cause the tree to grow a different direction. Right. So if you use that as this metaphor, it's necessary for us to constantly be applying not an obscene amount of disruption, but to have this kind of consistent force. I'm just always constantly pushing on it just enough to affect it to be able to make its adjustments and go. Otherwise, yeah. we'll just we'll still be in mud huts living. And uh, that's what we'll be doing. So disruption is good as long as your disruption isn't a, an over the top disruption. Um, but I think the real estate industry is a classic example of where some disruption and the building industry. Yeah. Shane, I mean, both this has literally both. been like our epicenter of our whole podcast. It's like yeah. looking at the building industry. say, why are we still building houses the same way we did 50 years ago we have we don't do anything the same we've done 50 years ago but somehow we're still building houses and now there is disruptors in the industry but they're not they're not widely accepted and adopted and i still think this is this broker printing out all these mls listings and saying let's hit the road you know and it's like well hold on a minute how can we redo this how can we look at Mm -hmm. uh the importance of your neighbors as part of the process, you know, um, which by the way, I've been like slowly writing notes down on that. I have a couple <laughs> right, ideas, um, but anyways, no, this is good. Um, I, uh, you're exactly the kind of guest that we want to have on this show mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, man. This has been no, great. She's been, again, we've had this happen a couple of times. She's uh-huh. been on the schedule. However, it just <laughs> unforeseen things happened with our other guest. 
Um, he is actually a home builder and he's traveling between Texas and, and Colorado doing work. And he's in the, he was actually in Texas when we were going to do this this morning. Obviously we can do it remotely, but he had a, uh, let's just say a last minute remodeling issue that he had to attend to first thing this morning. So, um, but yeah, you know, we, we wanted Libby on, it just, you know, it just happened that we got around sooner than later. So thank you, awesome. by the way, yeah, Libby, thank you so much for jumping, jumping on. In. Yep. Oh, Great. it's truly my honor. Thanks yeah. for being considered. And so I'll just put my last thought is that I did get uh, approached by one of these uh, disruptor companies and they have a lot of infrastructure and, and they laid out, I hadn't interviewed in 14 years for a job. <laughs> so I was very nervous and I prepared a lot for this interview and they started talking about the job and the pay and stuff. I'm like, okay, the pay is pretty good and okay so you have to be down at cherry creek nine to five like every day and i'm like what hmm. and then of course that didn't work out with that job and i said if i could wave a magic wand and write my perfect career i'm like i'm doing it i have my calling and it's just such a blessing to be like to you know after doing this 12 years be like i love what i do i love the work i can make whatever kind of money i want to make i can work as hard as it, it's just it's it's really neat. So I hope that for every person. And I, mm. I think, uh, 70% of our workforce is disengaged at work and that yes. breaks my heart. And so I think, you know, whether it's through real estate or other things, just to, um, you know, Evan, I think you're, you're a lot closer than a lot of people. Mm. And I know I'm following my calling and I think Shane is, and mm. I, mm. I just wish that for everyone and take this moment in this weird disruption called COVID, um, to really shake up your life and really look yeah. at where your values are and, and where you want to spend your time. Yep. yep. I, I love it. As an opportunity. And yep. I'm I love it Evan right now telling him that take this as an opportunity. <laughs> we're, hey, we're close, bud. Keep we're getting closer. Keep me closer. posted. We're getting closer. Yeah. Yep, I'm only sure. 42. I got, yeah. I'm at the precipice of my uh, career. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Libby, thank you. This was great. So Appreciate much. it. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, keep me posted, Evan. I want to hear how things turn out. So yeah. And yeah. for all those listening, like button, subscribe button, um, right. watch subscribe us on, on YouTube. Yes. We're on YouTube, yeah. we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Google, we're on all those. Uh, it does help us if you do hit the subscribe yeah. button and likes. You can leave comments on the YouTube channel if you got questions. Uh, obviously, all our guests that come on, we link all their info too. If you guys want to hook up with Libby, all that info will be there. Libby, go ahead and say real quick what your email is and how people can get a hold of you, and then we'll post that obviously as well. Best way is just libbyboyd at gmail.com. Okay, cool. Perfect. L-I-B-B-Y-B-O-Y-D. Libbyboyd at A-O-L. Please. Oh, God. Just that's like. Yes. She sounded so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome, all right, Libby. Awesome. Thank Appreciate you. It. Everybody all do right, what Evan said. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon, Libby. And um, thank you very much. We're out of here. All right. Bye guys. Later. Bye, Libby. Later Shane. Bye. Bye. Bye.